0: You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
1: every day. A very happy Friday to you all. Hope you all are doing great out there. Plenty to get to ahead on this Friday edition of the Locked On Utes podcast. Brian, media availability later this evening, but... We do have coaches speaking, do we call it on the record when they speak anonymously, but they're posted in a, in a forum? What, what are we going with on this? I am going to say that
2: there are anonymous anonymous sources uh, speaking anonymously on the record. Okay. So we'll just go ahead and make that even more uh, muddier than it really is, but a really fascinating article. Uh, from our uh, well, my one of my favorite college football writers, uh, Stephen Godfrey, where he talks anonymously the Pac-12 coaches about their foes for 2021.
1: Yeah, so Utah was featured prominently in that. We'll react to those quotes. Also have a one-on-one conversation, exclusive conversation with Nick Ford, the senior center for the University of Utah. Had a chance to catch up with him at Media Availability earlier this week. We'll get to that. And of course, we'll catch you guys up on everything else going on in Utah athletics, including a new president of the university, a guy who is now one of the true power brokers in the Pac-12. We'll introduce him to you as well ahead on today's show. So plenty to get to, but it is all brought to you today by our good friends over at the Locked On Pac-12 podcast. Cindy Robinson does a great job covering everything inside the conference. Brian, of course, is a co-host from time to time on that fine podcast. Get it wherever you get your podcast. All right, without further ado, let's get rolling here on a Friday. This is the Locked On Utes podcast for August 6th. 2021. Welcome to Locked On Utes, your daily podcast focused on all things University of Utah Athletics. Hope you all are doing fantastic out there. But more importantly, Brian, how are you? Good, sir. I am excited to be here on a Friday,
2: Jake. It's been a long week of anticipation, followed up with some final reward with being able to talk to players and coaches up on on the hill at practice. We'll get a little bit more of that today, Uh, maybe Just maybe we'll actually get to see some football someday.
1: Uh, That would be nice. Yes, I I would agree with you on that front. And we'll have to kind of wait and see on that. It sounds like Utah is going to close practices by and large. Uh, Media will still speak to the players and coaches After practices, they're on the practice field or nearby, but yeah, actually observing practice does not sound like it'll be a thing to happen this fall. But nonetheless, of course, we'll have everything covered for you. Brian and I will be at as many media availabilities as humanly possible, if not all of them. Uh, this fall, bringing us everything going on with the Utes. But Brian, a very interesting article put out, as you mentioned in the open, Stephen Godfrey, who I'm with you. You mentioned that he's one of your favorite writers. I think he does an absolutely incredible job writing for Athlon Sports. He spoke to coaches. This is kind of a weird, nebulous area because there are quote, from coaches inside the Pac-12 about their various schools inside the conference, but they're given to Stephen Godfrey anonymously. So they're both on and off the record at the same time? Yeah, it's it's
2: a little bit of a a middle ground, right? Because I think is, uh, I don't know that I would call myself a journalist, but the rules of journalism state that if someone gives you something off the record, you don't really talk about it, and you Mm -hmm. especially don't quote them. Uh, but this one, I think, gives you a little bit more of a, hey, I'm not going to point the finger at who this is, mm-hmm. but do you mind if I share it with others? And there is some, some middle ground there, I think. The, the fun part about the game, in my opinion, is you can play who, who actually said what. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not very good at that game because I don't listen to a lot of other coaches. Um, but it's
1: always kind of interesting to hear what others have to say about your program. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. So let's run down these quotes about the University of Utah. And yeah, we may play some uh, guessing as to where that quote may have come from. Uh, First one here, I actually really like this one. Quote, in a lot of ways, they've emulated Stanford to the point where they they are the new Stanford. And right now, they're more talented, unquote. I have a hard time disagreeing with them on that assessment. No,
2: it's it, Utah's advantage has always been the fact that they were able to go after some players that Stanford simply cannot. The academic restrictions there, in addition to the fact that the uh, uh, admissions office has has in the past refused to work with Stanford to get players admitted or at least uh, processed for admission uh, before December, has had put them in a little bit of a bind in recent years. And, and Utah is able to go get some of those less academically stalwart players who still fit the culture and the programming that they look for and and so i think there is a lot of similarities to that right like heavy tight ends you know a lot of 12 uh, personnel at the university of utah um we who knows what we see this coming year maybe we see even more 13 or or whatever. Um, but I think there is a lot of similarities in the program, but also you have to look at it from a perspective of there's a lot of similarities between David Shaw and Kyle Whittingham.
1: There are. There are a lot of similarities. So, very interesting quote there. Next one up. This team is a brand. It's a toughness and defense. They're the most physical team in the conference every single year now, and they're one of the meanest in the game. This is all wit. Speaking of Kyle Whittingham, it's his mindset. It's his attitude. Mental toughness toughness is a cliche, but wit has those guys ready. They're even, never too high or low. I actually really like that assessment.
2: Yeah, clearly somebody who listens to a lot of Kyle Whittingham quotes or maybe even knows Whittingham a little bit, uh, hard to really uh, differentiate there between what's being quoted directly from Kyle and what might be original thought, right? I think the interesting part about it was saying that this team is a brand, it's a toughness and defense, and... If you were to say Kyle Whittingham and brand in the same sentence, it would probably be accompanied by doesn't really have a or is not in charge of making one, right? Sure. But the reality is is that the way that Kyle runs his program, the way that he lives his life, it really has created a brand. Uh, Utah is known for their defense. Utah is known for their toughness. It's a well-stated fact that the game after Utah is a difficult game for most Pac-12 teams. And Utah is able to get away with that because they've built themselves in the trenches.
1: Yeah, they, they beat you up. There is no doubt about that. But, yeah, the whole mental toughness thing is a cliche, but Witt has those guys ready. I think it kind of goes back to Witt's mantra, all in or in the way. Honestly, I, I really think that's where that kind of all stems from. All right, next quote up. They're not schematically unique. They're not wizards. They're just technically sound, fast, well-trained, and violent. There we go violence uh, makes another reappearance because, as you mentioned, Brian, this team, speaking to the University of Utah, when you face them, you're in for the quote-unquote street fight, and you are going to feel it in the week following that game.
2: Common witticism, a fist fight in a phone booth. And Mm -hmm. really when they recruit players, that's one thing that they look for. They look for guys who want to hit, guys who are not afraid of contact. They want those kinds of guys who – are ready at the point of attack. And that's part of why they are successful. There's no lie there. Uh, you know, some people might think that schematically Utah does some magical things and they mix in a few things here and there. Uh, they do fun things on defense with their blitz packages from time to time, but it's nothing revolutionary and especially not on the offensive side of the football where they've been for the most part, pretty standard in terms of college football schematics, uh, you know, There's not a lot of uniqueness in terms of the concepts that they run or the way that they run them. They run the football heavy. They use a lot of uh, motion in the backfield. They try to get people moving around on defense and try to get you to show your hand so that they can capitalize on that. And defensively, not much different, right? They're disguising coverages. They're trying to get you uh, to make decisions that you're going to regret later on and, and really – they are just well coached they're disciplined and they play fast and violent and i i like that term violent because i don't think it means that they're out there throwing punches or trying to kill people what i think is it denotes the, the edge with which they play and yep. and really you know in the games that you've seen utah fall short it's because they are so conditioned to playing that way that when a team punches back or or you know, has something to really throw them off their game and they lose that edge, it looks like a completely different team. And and I hate to even suggest this, but cough, cough, spoiler alert, cover your ears. 2019 Pac-12 championship game was one of those rare occasions where they didn't play that way.
1: Yeah, that's a good point on that. And it does hurt. There's no doubt about that. I saw somebody put out a list of like the, the, the worst losses they've suffered as a Utah fan. I just saw it randomly on Twitter and the 2019 Pac-12 championship game was number one on that list. And Probably for good reason, honestly. All right, uh, two more quotes here, Brian. We're running out of time here in this first segment, so I'm actually going to combine these two because I think they're related to one another. So the first one here. Andy Ludwig is coming along with the offensive side. They're starting to build their own brand there, too. You see consistency in the calls. Again, you know what they are when you go in. They're built by their running game with the backs and with the QB run and moving the pocket. That works because they're usually good up front, and when they can run steady, they're going to work you as much as they can with play action. It's one of the best matches to a defense of any offense in the Power 5, unquote. Now... The quote that kind of connects with it, so it is the final quote in this column about Utah. You've seen Charlie Brewer's tape from Baylor. You should be scared playing these guys. It's never a guarantee that a grad transfer locks in right away, but these pieces fit, man. If Brewer plays like he did when Matt Rule was still at Baylor, this team can win the conference, unquote. I don't know if you can really
2: add a whole lot to the end of that, but it's it's very spot on in terms of, who Charlie Brewer is and how he fits. I think it's another reason why we've been so vocal about the fact that he's likely to be the starter. Uh, you know, if you were to ask me my, my true opinion, which quarterback do I prefer? It's Cam rising. Sure. And that's, and you know, there's a million reasons for that. I'm not running the Utah football team, thankfully, because there's a whole lot of things that we would be doing that probably would have ended us, you know, winning some games, 58 to nothing and other games we'd be losing by a hundred. So, uh, you know, baby steps, I guess. And, and I still have ways to go in my evolution towards coach wit. Um, but it is spot on for this team. And, and really the amazing part about, and, and I'd, I'd be curious to pick the brain of Stephen Godfrey at some point to see what else coaches said, but every single one of these quotes is the same thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. what are they they're consistent they're tough they're gonna do the same thing they're not gonna wow you or knock your socks off but they're gonna play hard they're gonna play confident they're gonna play fast and they're gonna play violent and you know you talk about it there's no more violent way to play offensive football than in the running game
1: yeah just run downhill on teams i, I like that part of that first quote it's one of the best matches speaking of utah's offense to a defense of any in the power five that's some high praise there. So very interesting quotes and fun to hear what coaches think of Utah, obviously under the guise of anonymity uh, coming from Stephen Godfrey. And we may reach out to Godfrey and see if we can get him on this year' podcast. Be good to catch up with him and get his thoughts on it. But- We'll see what we can do in that vein. But Brian, uh, coming up next, had a great chat uh, with Nick Ford. Want to let you guys hear that. A very, very entertaining young man, as many of you well know, doing great things in the community in addition to what he's doing on the field. We'll get to that conversation here momentarily. But first, today's podcast is brought to you in part by our good friends over at Built Bar. Brian, what is your favorite part of a Built Bar? That first bite, it has
2: to be it, where you you sink your teeth into it and it's soft, it's chewy, it's got that little nougatiness to it, uh, and you get that real chocolate taste uh and that's the favorite part right because it tastes delicious yeah now the reality is the confirmation that hey when i'm eating this i'm eating something healthy
1: that's even better yeah that's what we love about that the the, the health aspect to it the macros in built bars are absolutely incredible 17 to 18 grams of protein calorie ranges from just 130 to 180 only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and just 4 to 5 grams of net carbs the best part amazing flavors all of them tasty, all of them healthy. You can go to Built.com right now, find out more about this great company. And by the way, those of you living here in the state of Utah, it's a Utah homegrown company. That's what we love about it. So Built.com is where you can learn more about Built Bars. While you're there, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your next order at Built.com. Get there, get your Built Bars ordered, and enjoy the best tasting protein bars in the world. Time now to catch up with Utah offensive lineman Nick Ford. And, Brian, I think anybody who pays attention to the Utes, and if you're not paying attention to the Utes and listening to this podcast, well, first off, thank you for listening. Second off, I'm not sure what you're doing here. Maybe you're trying to learn more about Utah. But is there a better ambassador for this program than Nick Ford currently?
2: No, not at all. And I think he's uh, proven it time and time again. You know, we we talked last segment about guys that are fast, smart, and violent, and that's Nick Ford to a T. Uh, But off the the field, he matches it with compassion, effort, and energy on behalf of others, which, you know, I – I posted a uh, a highlight clip of two guys in a one-on-one battle, and I said, I I wonder if maybe we overlooked the fact that it's so incredible how these guys can turn the switch on and off with such a physical, violent sport. But I think Nick Ford is the kind of person that you want to point at who does that really effectively, really well.
1: He does, and it's always a pleasure to catch up with him. We talked was it late last week? We talked about what he no, it was early this week. We talked about what he did for the Utah Foster Community. Uh, So, in talking with him before I recorded the interview, you're going to hear momentarily just talking with him. Funny enough. It was his first time in a commercial kitchen this past weekend cooking up all of that food. He said it was an absolutely incredible experience. It was really, really fun to hear him talk about being able to cook all of that food and help out the community. This is a young man who his impact extends far beyond the gridiron. It does,
2: and, and he's a unique guy who's, who's faced some unique stuff in, in his time at the University of Utah. Uh, Had to deal with the loss of a sibling and and has been very open and vulnerable about how that's impacted him. But I think it's garnered him a lot of respect and and credibility with Utah fans and BYU fans alike, uh, football fans in general across this state. And uh, it's one of the reasons why I was super excited that you were going to be able to talk to him. And I did try to make an appearance by tripping over a chair before you guys started your interview. Uh, thankfully, no one was hurt in the process of that. Uh, and The uh, interview was unaffected as well.
1: Yes, no one was injured in the process of recording this interview. So without further ado, let's get to it. Here you go, Nick Ford with myself after Utah practice earlier this week. Nick, how does it feel to have no mask, kind of be back, I guess, to a quote-unquote normal?
0: Um, it's fun, you know, having everyone around the building uh just like two days ago they opened up the cafeteria and we all went up there and we we're kind of like whoa this is this is weird but like weird in a good way so i mean we're all having fun um the energy is definitely there everyone's having a good time so it's a blessing to be back
1: what's the feeling around this team right now as you guys it's obviously just day one but what's the feeling around the team currently
0: um there's a lot of physical physicality they uh we were only in helmets today but everyone was kind of being a little rough and we had to you know tempo it down a little bit but uh me personally, I, I feel like it's it's a reminiscence of the '19 team at minimum. Why why is that? Uh, just the talent and the mindset. I mean, it was you know it was hard during the COVID year and all that. Um, you know, not playing, maybe playing, training for a long time and everything up in the air. And then sadly, with tie passing and everything, and uh, there's just a lot of fire under our belly right now. And you know, me and a couple other people who could have went to the league came back to you know what the purpose. So we all understand that there's a there's a one common goal between us and what we got to do to get there and this it's all understood from the extra work off the field to you know just listening locking in while you're on the field and in the meetings
1: got two questions
0: based off your answer that we'll start with this one though but what brought you back uh a bunch of things uh one of the one of the major things was the talent that was coming back i mean there's a lot of potential to a lot of potential i don't even want to say the word potential but there's a lot of talent on this team you know what i mean to uh Go and take it all, and be the first team in the, you know school history to go and win the Pac-12 championship. Hopefully, get to the playoffs and all that. Um, and another thing was just to improve my stock. I mean, I had a pretty good grade, but you know it was kind of all encompassing that if I came back and improved my stock as well, especially playing center. So, I mean, at first I did it for the team, but at the same time I kind of selfishly did it for myself. And you know, I mean. It's, it's not selfish, but it is at the same time, so, yeah, a <laughs> combination of both. That yeah, works. What does, it
1: mean, what does Ty mean to this team? Uh, obviously, an unimaginable loss to lose him when you guys lost him, but what does he mean to this team?
0: Uh, it, it means everything. I mean, you, we got the highlights playing of him upstairs, um, his locker. I'm in the same locker pods of him. I see his jersey and helmet every day and a picture of him. And, I mean, he was the type of kid to always be on the field and be dead tired. And, I remember me and Simi Moala would be having to hold him up in the huddle and stuff. So it's like when you get t- dead tired and, you know, for sometimes, you know, camp gets hard. Some people might question, you know, if they really want to play football and all that. But at the same time, you know, you can sit there and think the tires like, you know, he would he would give everything to be here right now. So it's not even question that you got to go out there and do everything for him, you know, because he doesn't have the opportunity. You're one of these leaders on this offensive line coming back. What do you
1: want to see from them? I guess I know for you guys, when the pads go on, it's when you guys really I think start to show what
0: you guys can do. But what do you want to see from them? Um, I want to play like a defensive line. I don't. I don't. (laughs) You feel me? I I was a defensive lineman coming in. Um, I want to be nasty, right? I want to. I want to see aggression. You know, it's a control chaos is what I want to see. Um, you know, there may be penalties and whatnot there, you know, that's how, just how football is, especially when it gets aggressive. But I really want to see just a uh, very aggressive mindset, you know, not taking no BS on, you know, whether it's smack talking and putting people on the ground, you know, whatever it is you got to do to make that make that boy feel you. You know what I mean? We going Whoever is across from us, it's going to be it's going to be a long hour, no matter who you are. Awesome, Nick. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. There
1: you go, Nick Ford and Brian. That last little bit, him talking about how he wants to be a leader for this unit, this offensive line. But as he mentioned, he wants to see aggression from this team. He wants, to, as he at the very last bit. We want to make it a very long hour, and I know that hour is too short because football games are more like three or four hours, but he wants it to make it an absolutely miserable experience if you are going to be facing the University of Utah, especially that offensive line. They want to punish opposing defensive fronts, and that is the perfect mentality to have, in my opinion. It
2: is, and it's it's a rare uh, mentality that you, know, y- you can be so... Uh, I don't, I don't want to say disrespectful, but so intent on causing such disdain and harm to another group while at the same time just being such a uh, a good teammate and everything like else, everything like that. It, it's a really interesting line, and, and maybe I'm just being uh, super philosophical right now, um, but I think that's the beauty to Nick Ford, right? He has that attitude of I'm going to make it miserable for you but I'm also going to make it great for everyone else across the board here on the offensive line. We heard Jim Harding talk uh, in practice yesterday about how he's the smartest offensive lineman he's ever been around, and there's no doubt about it. I think that's why moving him to center was such a great move. I think it's why Nick accepted it so willingly and is willing to go back to it this year. It involves and invests that beautiful mind of his in a multitude of directions, and he really can be in multiple, uh, you know, ways involved in making it a miserable experience for other teams. And the other part of it, too, is you finally match the defensive side of the football with how you're playing on
1: offense. Well, and he also, in that interview, talked a little bit about the fact that he wants to have the mentality of a defensive lineman playing offensive line. He just, he wants to get after it. And it's just, he's a cerebral player, but he also brings that element of violence and just tenacity to the position. And it was really, really fun to catch up with him and looking forward to doing it again soon. We will continue to bring you guys these conversations. Brian and I are planning on being at all Utah available abilities if at all humanly possible so we'll continue to bring interviews to you guys let you guys hear from these players and coaches and if there are athletes you'd like to hear from feel free to reach out you can tweet at us on Twitter at locked on Utes uh, ping both Brian and I's uh, personal e- uh, personal Twitter handles not emails at Brown bear SLC at Jacob C hatch love hearing from you guys and yeah if there are guys you want to hear from happy to see what we can do to help you guys out in that regard all right coming up here in just a moment though we do need to talk about some other news and notes involving utah athletics some other programs the men's golf program as well as is it skiing we need to talk about here brian and lacrosse all kind of tied up in one and there's a new leader on campus just for the overall university so plenty to touch on here momentarily this is the locked on utes podcast Before we go here on this Friday edition of Locked on Utes, it is time to catch up on some of the news and notes involving other Utah Athletic Department programs. Let's start off with men's golf here, Brian, and a very, very cool season to see them break through, make the NCAA regional, open up their new golf facility, and the performances they they had have been getting some notoriety uh, from different publications around the country, and one just came out earlier this week.
2: Yeah, the Golf Coaches Association of America, which is sponsored by Strixon Cleveland Golf All-America Scholar Teams, both named Javier Barcos and Jesper Von Rietz uh, as members of that team. So uh, I think I probably made that a little bit more confusing uh, that Strixon Cleveland Golf is the one that sponsors the team because every team has to have a sponsor now, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Come on. Yeah. But uh, given to student-athletes who have participated in 40% of the team's competitive rounds, have a stroke average under 76, and maintain a cumulative GPA of 3.2 or above. Uh, Barcos is pursuing a major in business administration. Von Rietz is working on his degree in finance. Uh, both were also named to the 2021 Pac-12 Academic Honor Roll earlier this month. So good recognition for two international students for the golf team who really both played uh, very important roles especially javier there towards the end of the season had some strong showings i believe at the pac-12 championship and also at the ncaa uh regional if i'm not mistaken so exciting honors for both of them and more recognition for the golf team which really was a great breakout year of sorts for the golf team and just uh, a lot of great ways and, and we're seeing a lot of the uh The golf guys, uh, Mitchell Shao, some golf guys, Uh, a lot of the former players from the team go on and have success on the amateur tour. Mitchell Shao has been just absolutely dynamite this summer. And that's what you want to see from this program, right? That you're in a conference where it's loaded with good golfers, Colin Morikawa, Cal Bear, you know, Uh and and he's tearing up the PGA Tour, and so it's tough to say competitive in this conference, but the Utes are doing it. They're doing a darn good job.
1: Yeah, they are, and it's really, really cool to see them getting it done in the classroom as well, so congratulations to both of them on that honor, and as you mentioned, this is a conference that Golf is just absolutely excellent. Like you mentioned, you got to call him Murray Cowell. Okay, Cal, if you want to go down to Arizona State, it'd probably take us an entire podcast to run through all of the pros and all the standouts they've had come through that program. So Utah's a very, very good company competing in the Pac-12 in men's golf. A couple other notes for you guys is congratulations to the University of Utah student-athletes, and I'm going to probably butcher this name, so bear with me. Sabine Krautgasser. How do you think I did? I I think you named it. I I named it, nailed it. Nailed it, named it, you know, same difference.
2: <laughs> I tell you what, you did a better job with the name than I did of following up with it, but uh exciting news for both of them. I think uh as they're going to get something that's I believe if I'm not mistaken this is a newer rule change for the NCAA is it not
1: yeah so yeah so I mentioned Sabine Kraut Gausser she uh, competes for the ski team for the University of Utah Zach Johns was the men's recipient of what is uh, post as a postgraduate scholarship award from the Pac-12, so it is a literally a cash award given out to two student athletes from each Pac-12 school. It's been going on since 1999, and the scholarships are worth $9,000 each. Uh, the program has been created to b- o- both honor and financially assist some of the conference's most outstanding athletes and scholars as they continue their education and prepare for careers in their chosen industries. Gosser is set to pursue her master's degree at Utah in a coordinated program in New nutrition, and dietetics, while Johns will pursue a Master of Science in Finance at the University of Utah. So this is a really, really fun thing. We just talked about academic excellence for the men's golf program. Well, it extends both to the ski program as well as men's lacrosse. And if you're sitting there thinking,
2: wait, I thought athletes all had full, full-ride scholarships, not so fast, my friends. It's, it's really only the revenue sports where that's even possible, and that's football and basketball and a few others here and there. Most of your non-revenue sports are not fully scholarshiped, and so for these athletes who are still out there competing, still out there trying to hustle and
1: grind, it's a big deal to get this. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. All right, Brian, one final note here. We're a little short on time, but a big announcement coming from the university yesterday evening. They have picked a new president for the University of Utah, and it's a rather familiar name, if we're being honest.
2: It is. Yeah, Taylor Randall. I, I, I'm sure most of our listeners who have graduated from the University of Utah or been through the business school recognize that name. He's currently the dean of business at at, at the University of Utah, and this is Stated as being a true, he's tr- stated as being a true Utah man. Went yeah. to this school. He's done amazing things with the school of business. Uh, a really stalwart uh, record, and 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 um, you know, I think that this is a decision that, given all the candidates involved. Mm-hmm. And what the University of Utah has been through most recently, it's somebody who's well acquainted with the system, well acquainted with the staff, will be able to unify the university and also help navigate it because the Utes are going through uh, a very, very uh, transition transitive period. I guess would be the best way to put it. There were, uh, there's going to be a lot of transitions coming up, especially on the athletic side of things. He was instrumental in getting the business department involved in the athletic department's uh, assistance with NIL work and, and helping uh, players and athletes get set up so that they could get their tax stuff handled and everything like that. But it's a, uh, that's what it's being billed as. I, I'm not going to stand here in front of you or, or virtually sit here, I guess, uh, and say that I know anything about that kind of stuff. Uh, I do know what people have said about Taylor Randall, and he is extremely well respected in the community yeah. and amongst a lot of people at the University of Utah. And so the hope is that given all the tragedy and everything that happened uh, you know, with Lauren McCluskey and, and all the chaos that, that uh experiences created sorrow everything I think this is going to be a a positive step forward in helping to reunify the campus and and make the U better.
1: Yeah, I think this is a home run hire, honestly, uh, just because you get a guy who has been in the University of Utah for quite some time, he understands what the university is all about, and it always is helpful, I think, Brian, when you have a guy who understands the unique uh, nature and kind of the mission of the university, and especially in the case when it comes to Utah athletics, because... He's going to be the, one of the power players. He's one of the 12 brokers of power in the Pac-12 now because the University of Presidents and Chancellors, they're the ones that wield all the power. They hire and fire the commissioners. They make the decisions on anything with regards to expansion of the conference. Uh, they sign off on the media rights deals, all that stuff. So this is a really, really unique hire, but I think it's an absolutely brilliant hire because a guy like, uh, we call him President Crandall now, not Crandall, President Randall now, we I think he, he's absolutely got to be thinking, okay, what can I do to bolster the University of Utah in multiple ways, but athletics is always going to be right there on the forefront.
2: He's really coming into the job with a, a stacked deck against him because you're coming off of COVID protocols and still dealing with all of that. You, like you mentioned, there's so much coming up with athletics that's going to be very important. And so uh, it's... You know, for somebody who wants the job despite or in spite of all those circumstances, I think you have to be uh, nothing short of thrilled that there's somebody out there that really wants that job, especially having been at the U for as long as he has. Um, again, you know, it's just very well regarded. And, and you know, the, I think it's a big, big benefit for the athletic department to have him in part as well. You know, some university presidents understand better than others what the potential for athletics is at a university, and he is definitely one of those.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And uh just a thing, I know President Randall probably isn't listening to this, but if you want some ideas, President Randall, we're happy to be your sounding board right here on the Locked On Nutes podcast. Let's just be clear about that.
2: We would love to have you on and talk about how much you love Utah Athletics and, and tell us all about who your favorite player is and why Locked on Utes is your favorite athletics podcast.
1: Yes, exactly. That's what we're gutting for. So, all right, that'll do it. Uh, congratulations once again to Taylor Randall, the new president of the University of Utah. Really, really cool hire there. Uh, Brian, any final thoughts from you as we round out the week here on Locked on Utes?
2: We're back in the thick of it, Jake. It's exciting uh, to be here in the season finally, and and we're going to slug through it until that very first uh, kickoff where you hear Wolfmother come over the PA and and the uh, uh, long, long put-to-rest bounce house will be gone. Nobody will be more happy about that than Steve Bartle, and we're going to actually see some football.
1: Hey, I, I, I like the bounce house. I'm not going to lie, but I, I know that Bartle will not miss it in any way, shape, or form, but
2: not at all. Nonetheless,
1: looking forward to it. We'll continue to break everything down for you. Stay tuned. Uh, if you're listening to this earlier in the day, of course, we'll be out at Utah football availability later this evening. We'll have audio for you guys from that. But until next week, hope you guys all have a fantastic weekend or doing great wherever you might be. This has been the Locked On Utes podcast for August 6, twenty twenty and we will talk to you guys on Monday.